of Tangent. I'm Adam. Today's podcast, we have a guest that has been on the podcast before. It is Darnell Cole from Portland Hill. We talk about a lot of things. I got Annie here with me. Hello. Hey. We've known Portland Hill for a long time. We like, have known them for years. We have known them for many, many years. And we talk about that a little bit on the podcast, but it's mostly about Darnell's journey into music. We start off with, they just got back on the UK tour. And we talk about how that's been affecting them and how... We kind of a quick recap of life being back in the States before kind of doing that deep dive into his past. Right. And so we talk about when he was younger, being adopted, and then uh, he was a rapper at one point. Don't give away too much. Okay. I'm, I'm being vague here. I'm being vague. I didn't tell about his rapper name or anything. I still want to listen to the podcast. Did we talk about rapper name? I don't know. He, he was on. Uh, we also have uh, Wildfire, uh, the drummer for Porcelain Hill, is also on the podcast. She's kind of my uh, semi-co-host for the for the interview. Uh, asking those poignant questions when you don't know those are the questions you need to be asking. Uh, Jump it in. Yeah, there's a lot of shit talking as well. <laughs> it's it's oh, well, that's it's, a given. Yeah, it's, it's how we go. So we start off with the current, and then we go way back. We do a deep dive into Darnell and growing up, and how he got to where he is now. They have announced. They're doing a new UK tour, which I believe is starting in June. So What? That's so soon. It's very soon. But there are still plenty of chances to watch them here in the States before they go back on their tour in the UK. For example, January 31st, they're at San Susi in Ventura. They're also in Canyon Inn Sports Bar and Grill, February 1st. February what city is that in? Uh, that's in Yorba Linda. Okay. We've been there. We actually uh, sprayed some... Stuff inside uh, Wildfire's eyes at one point. We both Canyon Inn? Yeah. They, mm. Her eyes were dry and it was this moisturizer that came in a spray can. I remember that happening, yeah. but I just don't recognize Canyon Inn, but that's because you usually drive. So That's true. Yeah. You don't need to read the street signs. We're, yeah. we're already there. Uh, good times. They have February 9th at the Old Sun Brewing Company in Pomona, California. Club Highbrow in Upland, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Eyebrows, uh, by the way, where my mom had her birthday party, which oh, was yeah. on Hill. Oh, that's a great place. It's a great venue. Yeah. A lot of good times. February 28th at the DBA Wine Bar in Pomona. DBA 256. That's one of the first times I've met Porcelain Hill outside of seeing them. I was there with the Graves in Bad Weather to see them, and I was like, hey, handshake. Hey, Darnell. Also, March 21st, 4th and Mill in Rancho Cucamonga. Decent area. I spent a lot of time out there. It's it's, it's a good it's a good place. I'm looking forward to, to that show specifically. I feel like there'll be plenty of places to park. Yes, they don't charge for parking yes. in that area, which is which is nice. Those are the dates as of now. There'll be more dates added. I'm sure they're going to be here. Do they have like a I website or something? They're, they're post the dates or Instagram. Why do you bring that up? They do have a website, <laughs> <laughs> porcelainhill.com. Also, check out the social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Snapchats. It's all at Porcelain Hill. You can find out anything they have to promote on those websites, on social medias. Keep up to date. You're going to want to. Oh, yeah. They're very, they keep their fans super up to date. Yes. 
They also have some big news coming out this Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Big news coming out from Porcelain Hill. You're going to want to find out what that is. Like I said, we have Darnell on this podcast today. We also have Wildfire hanging out with us. She will be a guest as well coming up in the next couple of weeks. So you want to hear that side of the story as well. Two sides of the same story. Porcelain Hill. Are they though? It's good. It's it's the same story. Well, I mean, Darnell didn't grow up with wildfire. It's not the same story. Wildfire the person or was he just living in a really dry area? Yes. Lots of fires. Absolutely. Totally true. No, that was an actual question. Oh, no. They (laughs) they did not grow up together. No. (laughs) They just grew up in a dry area. Gotcha. Southern California. No. Okay. That would be a good question to ask. Where did the wildfire come from? Because she's crazy and unpredictable and wild like fire. But it'll also keep you warm and burn your house down. No, nope, I don't think that's her. It's not a straight line to the name. So like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we have Darnell on from Porcelain Hill. Wildfire is part of it as well. She will be on a separate podcast coming up in the next couple of weeks where it's all about her. And you get to hear Darnell as a co-host for that one. Oh, so much good times. I'm so excited for both of these. Yeah. And once again, check out their web pages, social media. Stay alerted. They have news coming up, which is very exciting. And we're going to get into the podcast now, the actual podcast. It's kind of a long podcast. I don't know why this intro went so long. But it's it's going to be fun. And by the end of it, if you're not a fan of Darnell and Porcelain Hill... Um, Listen to their music and then you will be. Oh, I was going to say I hate you, but it's, it's the same... You don't have to like their personalities to like their music and... Like, like their personalities, you'll definitely like their music. I feel like they're the same. You can't. Nope. You can't hate one and like the other. That's not true. No. Absolutely not. Well, I'm just saying. I love them both. So it's kind of like certain regardless of how artists. Annie feels about the personalities, I love their music and the personality. And I, 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 there's certain I artists where people say we love the music. The man and the music are different. They're separate. Cut off the rails at the end there. <laughs> Pardon? Uh, <laughs> I went off the rails at the end there. Uh, <laughs> and now for the podcast. No? Okay. So without further ado, here comes Darnell Cole giving us his fresh takes. A lot of fresh takes, actually. I don't even know what's so funny. I feel like this is something that we'll all get once we listen to the podcast. <laughs> no? Oh, then this is just very weird. So without... Any more interruptions from Annie? I'm now going to get to the podcast. So, so without further ado, here comes the conversation that I had with Darnell Cole, already in progress. It's been three months already since you've been back in the UK? It has. <clears throat> We've been back, I think, four months. Four months. Wow. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. Time is weird. Yeah, because <laughs> April's around the corner, and that's when we landed last time. Oh, Wow. Holy Christ. Yeah. I remember waiting for you guys to get back, and it just kept being extended and extended and extended. And you, you just add more dates to the UK trips. That's how you have to do it, though. Like, it's one thing to just be like, oh, we've got these dates and they're set. And, like, that does, that's like, that's ideal. That's very much ideal. Yeah. But until you get to a point where that happens, it's just like, yeah, we got to grind. And then, and, and it also happened, too. Like, it was like, oh, we need money. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably do some more gigs. It's an important part of uh, being a band, I assume. Yeah, a making, little bit. Making money. Yeah. A little bit. Money in yeah. practice. Like, it was, it was, it was a very big journey last year. Like, that's like 
journey, growth, discovery is are like words that define last year's tour for sure. What, what, what did you learn the most? You think from the uh, from the tour that I'm not as good a guitar player as I think. <laughs> that's well, that's just straight up bullshit. <laughs> no, no, but it was in a good way because like. Okay. Because like it was, it was in a very humbling way. Because it was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, these are the things I need to work on. And then it was like, these are the things the band needs to work on. All and right. like, just how important feel and vibe and time are. And just like, and now like having having that knowledge and like going forward, like things are just moving so much better. Do you think they take music more seriously over in the UK? Um, I think they respect it more. I don't know if "serious" is is, is a word for it because okay, because like I don't like I don't even take myself seriously, you know, like right. But I I do, <laughs> but it, it's you know I take the work I do. I mean, I put there's pride in the work work that I do. I would say in, in previous podcasts we were uh, we were just riffing randomly and uh, Kenny G got brought up and they were and we were talking about I thought how you were going to say and Kenny G walked in and also. <laughs> Yeah, he's my neighbor. It turns out makes yeah. sense. I should have known from all the the saxophone I heard from the. Next I third. really wanted to start doing the wham saxophone. <laughs> and I was like, "That's not Kenny G." But but it came up, and uh, I compared him to Weird Al because they had it was a hair conversation more than anything else. Okay, uh, and they had the same kind of hair. And I joked that I think Kenny G takes his music more seriously than Weird Al does. Very much so. But then at the same time, I, I started backtracking, thinking. I think Weird Al takes it more more seriously, but he's also much more able to joke about it. That's that's the thing. I think all musicians, to some level of degree, if if it's a profession for them, if they're doing it at a quote unquote professional level, there's there's an air of seriousness that you have to take with it, right? An air of professionalism, right? right. I, I would say professional over serious because when it's serious, I feel like it's mm. it's very serious and it's formal. And yes, that's a better word. But there's like. A level of professionalism that you have to have. And I would say for Weird Al versus Kenny G, like, Weird Al has the luxury to be like, I'm very professional, but because my music is joke music, I can just say yeah. something out of my ass. And it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of ass sounds in some of his music as well, a lot of fart sounds. Uh, so, but I'm sure there he takes that. that seriously. Like, wait, this fart needs to be in this location. It's not wet enough. Make it wet. <laughs> <laughs> it needs a higher squeak at the end. Because I've seen him perform, and he is—he's a machine. He, he, he between songs, he's doing costume changes, and he's he's going full out every time he performs. Well, that's the thing, because anybody can make joke music, quote unquote. But like, there's only so many people that like can do it right, you know? Right. And I, I remember hearing an interview where somebody asked him, uh, "I want you to host a new reality show called The Next Weird Al," and he's like, "I'm not done yet. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean?" <laughs> yeah, no, like there's only so many, like there's a ton of burger joints, but there's only one McDonald's, right? Know? And don't get me wrong, I really don't like McDonald's. I'll say that on air. I don't care. Oh wow, controversial stance, right? Con- very controversial stance. <laughs> We're oh, not oh. talking about McFlurries, so. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Mackey's, as they call it across the pond. Yeah, let's go eat a Mackey's. Oh Mackey's, oh. Mackey's. Yeah. Do they have them across the pond? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they have it everywhere. I think it's like Starbucks and oh. Asians. They're just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's not racist, right? No, not at all. No, not even a little bit. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a statement. It's <laughs> uh, funny. So you, you go back from the UK tour. You've been here uh, four months now. As far as the audiences go, 
I said earlier about serious. The, the bands take it more seriously. The the fans take it more seriously, or or just more involved. It, it's more of again, it's a higher level of respect. So, and the way I like to explain it to people is this: if you're in the states, mm-hmm. specifically on the west coast, especially, yeah, right. You go into a bar in or a venue, and there's a band playing that you don't know. Most people on the west coast are just like, I don't know them. They probably suck. Let's leave. Okay. In England, kind of in the south. But mostly still, again, just in England in general. It's like, uh, I don't know these guys. They're probably rubbish. But let's give them a go. Let's have a drink. Let's hear them out. Give it a song or two. Right. And, like, when that happens, the magic of, like, oh, they're actually pretty good. I think most music, if it's in time and in key, is bearable. And and, and that's, like, a baseline. Okay. I think, it, I think it's very hard to be, un- for, especially from a non-musician stance. Like if you're not a musician, most music, yeah. if it's in time and in key, is going to be bearable. After that, it's just preference of choice of the type of bearable that you like. Okay. And then it right. goes better into like, oh my gosh, this music is phenomenal. Because like obviously you can have, you know, someone covering insert song and like they're just like, it's in key, it's in time. But they're just like, and it's like way wrong. And you're like, that is just not okay at all right but again like it's it's really hard to mess it up and i think that over there when you get to the level that we are when you're touring when you're like no like we're really honestly about this like when at that point that that's where the seriousness comes like no we're seriously touring we're we're seriously like trying to make it there's just a level of music that you bring that i mean it's good music right you know i mean they get to a point like it's just it's preference i mean I don't know who, who who's better, BB King or, or Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know, it's like, oh no. See, that's an impossible question. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's all, it, it comes down to pre- like, at a certain point, it becomes preferential. And, like, yes, in those different kinds of genres, yes. But if I would say Backstreet Boys are in sync, that's a simple in sync, right? Yeah, obviously, it's a simple in sync. I like him. <laughs> Scored so many points right now. He did that on purpose. He, he knew he knew no, the answer. He I, cheated in high school. My girlfriend was all about Action Boys, so that that like like um, in Pulp Fiction, by she's my girlfriend's a vegetarian, so therefore I'm a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, uh, so that's why sense. I was Backstreet Boys in high school because my girlfriend was Backstreet Boys. I had no choice. Uh, I loved In Sync on the side secretly. I was cheating on my girlfriend with In Sync. Weird, <laughs> it's a weird kind of thing. You know, it's a boy band. There's a lot of boys in it. I understand. Like, yeah. you know, you got to do what you got to do. But, but those are comparable. Backstreet Boys and Sync are very comparable. Yeah, you can say like, oh, this is better. This is, this is better. Uh, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. You, you compare them. Yeah, Christina, BB King, Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's totally different genres. Totally different feels. Totally different. I mean, but, they make, they make you feel similar it? things. But is it right? Because like they're both playing blues, quote unquote. Right. right? They're both they're both guitarists. Yeah. Right. They both sing. They both are making you feel different emotions, right? Which ultimately, that's what music does: is it moves you, right? It makes you feel. Right. It, it, it inspires. It 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 plays to your emotions, and it it, uh, it massages the soul. Is what I'm going to go with. That's a beautiful analogy, right? I like and that like, a lot. there's different types of massages. There's like shiatsu. There's Norwegian. There's happy ending. You know, whatever. <laughs> right. So, and I mean, we can all agree, happy ending is the best. No, there's but hot stones, which is like screamo to me. Yeah, like, yeah, I that's understand. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, like, it's all designed to make you feel good, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if the goal is to feel good, there's tons of different ways to do that. Which way is going to be the best way? And it really just depends on your mood at the time, essentially. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit, that's real deep. That's, that's what I do with music, man. Yeah, like it it's, is. It's I I don't know. It's it's a deep thing for me at this level. Like I, 
I think every musician goes on a journey where they're like, oh, the best musician is the one that can just play the most stuff on their instrument and do the most things. And then you finally find someone who's like, does that? And you're like, they don't sound good though. Why? <laughs> and then someone goes, cause they're a jazz player. And you go, oh, okay. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. It's definitely prog rock. Oh, double just kidding. Oh, damn. Ooh. Oh, speaking of that, moment of silence for Neil Peart. Moment of silence for Neil Peart. All right. Cool. Is there a moment where you started taking yourself more seriously than than before as far as like the way you were playing? Um when uh, there's okay, there's no, multiple okay. maybe not more seriously but professional or No, no, serious yeah. works. Serious works cuz like in that instance it definitely works. Um I definitely started taking the music more seriously when we started touring. Like from jump it was always like this is what we're going to do like yeah, we're going to be musicians and like the music's going to make it and like we're going to make this be our like our dream and our in- our income and like but we don't want it to feel like work and we want to just to be who we are and just you know. And that was always that was always real in the focus. But like in the, by the nature of what this is, like until you kind of start to taste that, you're kind of like I don't even know if that's going to happen. Like maybe no one will like it, maybe I'm not going to get better or whatever. And then like you play a show and you're like, "Oh wow, we got paid." for original music we could do this and it was like okay we could we could do that again and then it happens and then now all of a sudden you're like wait i'm i'm booking shows like to get paid and then it's like whoa i've we've earned like kind of the same thing we've earned working a week at like burger king like right heck? you know which is basically where musicians cap out that's that's cap for burger king <laughs> okay burger king and then okay <laughs> Yeah, it's there, and then you're famous, and it's millions. There's no in between. Oh, just, wow, that's a that's a big jump. Yeah, big jump. It's amazing. So, um, but no, no, it was it was. Uh, I'd say right around that time, man. And then like when people start singing your songs, when people start remembering the lyrics, when they start wanting merch, when they start asking you like, "What is this song about?" Like, and they actually get interested in the artistry of it. It's it's weird because you kind of sit back and you're like, "Oh wow, like I guess I am a musician for real." I'm not just playing the part, you know, like this is really me. Do you remember that moment when, when you first realized, oh shit, um, I'm being recognized or... I've had a lot of moments where it was like, whoa, this is heavy and this is real. I mean, one of the first ones where I knew like music was always going to be with me was when I was, I was busking. I was just playing guitar in front of this place and this lady comes out and she was like, she's weeping and I'm just like, oh my God, are you okay? And she's like, no, she's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Like my husband just passed and I was like heavy okay i was like and she's Weird like opener and she's like you know but like you were playing like our song and i was just speaking with him and like i just i overheard you and like it was our song and like i just know he's listening and like oh, just wow. thank you so much like you have a gift and like don't ever stop and i was just like what just happened you know, and like that was one of those weird moments where like changing her day and who knows how much of a good or bad day she was really having beforehand, but like yeah. the fact that it, it it affected her that much in that time, that that spoke to me and I was like, dude, and I, and I say it all the time and it's cliche, but like music heals the wounds, medicine can't. Like it's it's a trip. And like there was that and then there's times in the band where like people were like, dude, like you guys like that song was so inspiring, like I love listening to it when I wake up or there was a guy, uh, he, we were playing a show and he comes in and he's like vibing the whole time. And he's like, he goes and he like walks over the tip jar or whatever. And he walks away and like, he goes and he talks to, you know, to our drummer, Sonny. And like, he's like, Hey man. Like, and then like, Sonny comes in, he's like, dude, there's like, this, this was heavy right now. I was like, well, what happened? And he's like, this guy, like him and his friend, like they loved our music. And like his, his best friend like died like that day. 
And he was like, the only thing that I knew that was going to bring me out of my depression and being sad from all of this was coming to see your show. So I had to come here and see your show. And on top of that, like when he had walked to the tip jar, he put in like a hundred dollar bill. Oh. And like, it, it was just like, wait, what? Like you're telling me like your best friend, like this dude that you have life, like real life memories with and like experience and all this stuff. Like that's a, yeah. that's a huge level of sadness. And the thing that's going to turn that around is hearing like our music that we made in a bedroom, like <laughs> a few years ago, like what? But, but it comes from deep inside you. It, it, it's, it's an emotional thing. And you said music can heal wounds. I think also part of that for me anyway, uh, when I'm going through tough times, I like to get sadder with music. There's certain mm. songs that like just weep. Sad in a good way. Openly. At the time, it's not a good way. <laughs> At the time, it feels like, you son of a bitch. Damn you, George Michael. And it's just a lot of, like, it just it makes you sadder, but that is part of the healing process. Yeah. How much of that goes into, the, like, the, the songs that you write? Is, is there any part? Because, like, Happy Man, I, I, it had to be cathartic. I, I it, it, it was very cathartic. It became cathartic. Is, is okay. The truth be but, told but it, for that. It had roots in... Well, kind of. Okay. So that whole song, right, when I first wrote I'm always like, yeah, the song was written about my ex-wife. And, da, da, da. and it was like a self-fulfilled prophecy. Like, <laughs> truth be told, like, when that song got written, like, I was busking. And so okay. I was like, so you, you play any blues? And I was like, yeah, I play blues. And he was like, no, like some New Orleans blues. And I was like, yeah, I play New Orleans blues. So no, he's like, like some, some sad, like real gritty blues. I was like, yeah, I could do that. And he's like, all right, let's hear it. And I was like, well, and that's how that song was born. Re- really? Was Re- it like 100%. Imp- improv or? Yeah, pretty, yeah. Wow. Like from jump. Now there's like some minor changes that like got made or oh, whatever. Sure, right. But like, that's what it was. But like, that's the thing, like. And I forget who said it. I was watching an interview with someone, but like, as musicians, the, the deeper you get into this, the more you realize like the music's out there. The music is is is, is ethereal, and and we're vessels for it, right? And it's tapping into it. So you don't necessarily need to be feeling it then and there. You just have to be able to understand that feeling and tap into that, and then just like drill it and process it and and juice it and get all of that concentrated goodness out. And that's where the hard part is, right? Because like... Everything you said is very sexual, man, the way you said it. <laughs> good, good. I hope so. Okay. I, I hope so. I hope and, so. see where your mind is at. Yeah. Well, well, um, it just... It, it, it hits me in a way that I don't want to talk about right now. Yeah, it's all right. But, it hits different from the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but would you describe it that way? It's, it's, it's kind of a... Um, it's, it's not of you. It's just you're tapping into something i mean i think so i mean it's definitely one of those things where there's a part of you that puts it in that put that is a part of you that puts Hey-o. it in <laughs> hey, hey. no there's a part of you that, that goes into it obviously there's um the 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 different approaches that you take to it the difference i don't even know like influences that you want to add the spice the signature your signature on it right like yeah you could it's very much like speaking because music is a language right okay so yep. there's a billion ways to say hello everyone says hello and you can say hello and i can say hello but how you say it and how i say it are going to be totally different yeah. adele says it very nice adele says hello extremely nice hello. so is lana richie <laughs> yeah <laughs> is it me you're looking for <laughs> yeah right my, my general hello is yo Right, yo, right. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why. It just maybe you're a pirate. <laughs> maybe, or maybe I'm just very selfish, and that's just me saying me. Yeah, in Spanish. Yeah, just, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Could very much be. But like, and and, that, and that's the thing. 
when you when you start to I remember in the songwriting process when when I would start it. When I would start it, like I'm not writing songs anymore. Like back when I used to write songs. Right. Before all your teams of writers. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag Taylor Swift. Um I'm just saying, I'm calling you out, T. Let oh. me know. Let me know if you're right. Whoa. If you're writing still, let's let's collab. Hot take. Let's let's collab and and, <laughs> and get get this shmoney. Um, no, but like when I write a song, when we write a song, like oftentimes it starts with the music in some form of way, and it's like, okay, this has been done. This has been done. This sounds too much like this. And then it's like, all right, how can we change it up? Right, kind of like a recipe. You know, the burger's been made a bunch of different ways, but you got McDonald's, Burger King, right, Carl's, In and Out. Hashtag what a burger. Um, <laughs> you know, the different spices. And so you start throwing in your spices and making your mix and you're like, ooh, this is more original. Ooh, this is more like us. And you're like, you know what? This is enough to be us. And then when the lyrics come in, for me, I listen to the music and I kind of go in from there and just kind of go, what does this speak to me musically? And what kind of vibe would this fit? And sometimes it could be multiple ones, but there's usually there's usually like a good, better, best some songs honestly are just good or better if i'm honest okay some songs are best some songs are like mm, that's that's what needs to be said with this this is what needs to go with that and it's just like they just link up perfect and they have that cohesion and it's just nice nice and creamy i gotta say one of my favorite songs that you guys do besides love right now is um the rabbit hole mm. I, I like that one so much Thank and, you. And, and natalie Thank has you. a big part in that with the uh the background yeah with the it kind of just kicks to the next level once the Nat starts coming in with the dual harmony to... or oh the singing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the drums are amazing, obviously, yeah. but the, the the vocals. At one point, you went to vocal coach and you started doing things and you started training for that. That's that, that song. When I heard it, and this is, speaks bad to me because I don't, I'm not very musically inclined, or I, I didn't used to be. I'm I'm, I'm venturing out more. When I heard you guys sing that, I was like, oh, who sang that originally? <laughs> we get that a lot for a few Actually, different songs. I appreciate that because in a sense, it's like you think that's like an a, like legit up there artist, whereas like you don't expect that from us, but that's kind of like us, the underdogs coming up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is a theme for this band. <laughs> Very much a theme, you know. Where do covers play a part? Or how do they fit in? Is is that something you start with or you end with? Or? So, it, I mean, it varies set by set. I mean, for me, I it's not that I'm against covers, but here's my thing. Everyone's like, well, people like covers. Well, yeah, because covers are just someone else's original that you happen to know. Right. Right. So anyone likes songs they can sing along to. And like, especially if it's a good song, that they're like, oh, my gosh, I love this song. So it, it, that's when it kind of comes into like stand-up comedy where it's like, you got to know your audience, you know, and like. Uh, right. For me, individually speaking, covers are great practice and teaching. If you want to learn how to write a good solo, you cover a song that has a good solo in it. And then you're like, oh, okay, I kind of feel this. Or you want to learn a new technique, you find a song with that technique to see different ways. Not necessarily the only way, but different ways to insert that technique musically. Right, because like theory and all that other stuff, all that is is different. It's just tools, tools that you can use as an artist to produce your art for the people. And so individually, that's where covers sit for me. For a band, it's kind of the same thing because you kind of learn how to play together as a band, and then you also find your individuality within it, right? Because a good okay. band will take a cover, 
make it their own. Right. And there's some bands that do that way, way better than others. <laughs> there's yeah. there's a band, shout out Philosophy of Soul. All right. They they're virtually a cover band. They have some originals. Their strongest suit is their covers for me. Okay. And they're amazing. Like breathtaking. Like the, to the point where most of their covers I prefer their version. Like they cover Prince in, in to the point where oh. it's like I like I like Prince, you know, rest in peace, Prince. Right, of course. You know, he gets down. You, you're not allowed to say you don't like Prince. It's like a, a taboo these days. Yeah, but I mean it's not that I didn't like Prince, it's I wasn't into Prince. I wasn't like, oh my god. But right. but I will say He was fine. Well here's the thing. There's <laughs> <laughs> when you have the there's his recordings and there's his live. Live Prince, I'm much more a fan of. Okay. Live Prince was phenomenal. Recorded uh, Prince was good. Right. Like, I'm, I can't take away from him. I mean, he's a Grammy winner. He's got a, a crazy vault and, of course. like, you know, lists of music going on. Like, he's, Obviously, he's talented. Yeah. I just, I'm not a fan of falsettos. It's, 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 That's it's, what I'm saying. It's preferential. <laughs> and, like, live, too, like, he just, as a guitar player, like, he got down on the guitar. Like, right. That yes. He, and he didn't showcase that enough that, yes. for me. Absolutely. But, again, I'm a guitar player. I'm a bias. Whatever. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but this band Philosophy of Soul covers Prince, and it's just so good. It's like let's yeah. go crazy, and it's like it's got this heaviness and this rock and roll to it, and it's just like that's how that song should sound. I much prefer that. Okay. And then like that's and then like that's the other thing with covers, which is why for like a band move, I really don't like doing a lot of covers because you can get known for a cover and then that's what you are. Right. Alien Real, Ant Farm. Alien Ant Farm. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Like that's that's their song. And now. then they try to do uh something about the movies and that Yeah, no, all their other songs and they're just good. Like- the boobies. Yeah, there's their songs. Are, like I, I I can sing it, but I don't like it. Yeah, no, their songs. <laughs> their songs are good. Like shout out Alien Ant Farm. Like they're cool people. They're like I, sure I'd like great. to hang out with them. I'm sure I'd have fun at their show. But like, if you were like, hey, name another song other than like you know Smooth Criminal. Oh, well, besides the movies one. Uh, yeah, sorry, like I'm yeah. out. Like, and and that's just the way it is. I mean, even I mean, Real Big Fish has some hits. But they were in danger when they did take on me. Like that was huge. <laughs> that was big. That yeah. was big for them. That's a big undertaking. You know what I mean? And yeah. then it was like good thank goodness they did beer and like, you know, their other songs, <laughs> you know. Like it it was getting crazy. And then a lot of bands, what they'll do too sometimes is they'll take really old songs. Really old songs and cover them. So no one really knows. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a cover. They'll credit yeah. the person. Like they're not it's not shady. Hashtag Led Zeppelin. Um <laughs> Where they just, you know, but they, they'll cover it and then they'll be like, yeah, like it's a cover, but like no one knows what it is. Like for instance, Tennessee Whiskey's a cover. Like Chris Stapleton. Is that right? That's a cover. Wow. And his version is way, I mean, I, for me, I prefer his version to the original. That's my mom's favorite song I think right now. Yeah. And it's it's a great song. It's a cover. Wow. And that's what I'm saying. Most people don't know. And they're like, oh my gosh, he's so amazing. He wrote this song. <laughs> it's like, he's a talented singer. He's a great guy. He didn't write that song. Wow. You know, and, and. How much does that even matter at that point, right? But that's – for me, that's like you start having different definitions, right? Because then to also break off to Led Zeppelin again, like you have Greta Van Fleet, right? Okay. So Greta Van Fleet is is interesting um, because they are Led Zeppelin 2.0. <laughs> they're they're trying to be. There's, I'll, I'll give them like they're always like we're not Led Zeppelin. We didn't practice. We're not like no, you're not Led Zeppelin. But you're you're really really good Led Zeppelin cover band. <laughs> you know, like I'm. But the thing is this, it's like but 
to sound that much like Led Zeppelin means you also have to have the talent to do so because that's a very talented band. And, okay. pull, and pulling that off is very hard. And so the conversation that I had at, at a music store with this guy was like you have an artist and you have a musician and then you know all these other different things. Like a musician is good at doing music. Right, like Chris Stapleton, I'm sure he writes some of his songs, and like he's an amazing songwriter from the songs that he has written. You know what I mean? But from hearing him on Tennessee Whiskey, like he's an amazing musician. He took someone else's work, he made it his own musically, and and transformed it into what it is, and and delivered that performance. Right. So that's what a musician does. They do music. Yeah. An artist, there's a little bit more to it because. A, well, depending on your outlet for it, but musically speaking, if you're a musical artist, creation, I definitely feel is a part of that. I think that's one of the things that sets apart an artist from a musician. And I mean, you can argue like good songwriters don't necessarily need to be great musicians and like there's that, you know, but if you are a good artist, you're a great creator and because art is expression. And if you're not creating, I mean, I guess it could be interpretation as well. So, you know, and there's like, there's that kind of you know middle ground for it, but I for for me like I want to be defined when people think of me as an artist as a creator, and I I want to be like, hey, we made this. This was a group effort. This was a collaborative, and it's something that we made from scratch. Obviously, there's influences. Like I'm not trying to say like, oh, we reinvented the wheel. We've never yeah. <laughs> you've never heard this guitar lick before. Like yeah. no, like this is fresh. Yeah, like no, like. Uh, Anyone nowadays, like everyone's like, oh, there's no way to create new music. It's all been done. Like, no, you can definitely paint the sunset a billion different ways. You just got to find the way that works for you, right? Oh, wow. But there's ways to do that. And it's like, you got to find the fresh take. And, and that process of finding it and grinding it and working it and being like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is an original idea. And if it's not, at least it was for me. You know, there's definitely been at least. Okay, more than twice. But there's been like a few times (laughs) where I've been like, this sounds dope. And then someone's like, that's a song. And I'm like, no way. No, it's not. And they're like, yeah, look, it's Uh, this. And I'm like, oh, it's totally that. It's totally that. Whether I've heard it or not, because if you've heard it, then it's like a subconscious thing. Right. It's just in your memory banks. It's like, this this sounds good and you don't know where it came came from, but then you're just playing it like, oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Not realizing that it's triggering a memory and it's bringing back something that you already heard before. Exactly. And then sometimes it's just great minds think alike. And sometimes you might have come up with it originally, but it has been done. Yeah. And so you kind of are like, dang, but that means you're on the right path. And like getting over that hurdle i think a lot of artists have a hard time getting over that hurdle i think they get scared too and i think that's why they lean on things like covers you know and they're like ah oh, i don't want to have to spend extra time to find something original to yeah. make it my own i'd rather just do this cover and do it my way because that's simpler right this band was successful this one is also successful let me blend the two and make my own unique quote unquote sound and it's just like Oh, but it's, it's it's a blend. You're not making anything new. You're combining things that maybe weren't combined before, but it's still manufactured in a way. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like I said, there's a fine line between paying homage and having influences yeah. and like just straight up ripping stuff off for sure. But yeah, that's where at that point it becomes opinion. And you know, as long as you can sleep at night and you know yourself, like, no, this this is me paying homage. I'm not ripping anyone off. All right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's fine. If people don't agree with you, don't be mad about it. All right. So speaking of uh, the origins of things, like uh, yeah, yeah. musical, 
I want to talk about your origins. Okay. Where, where you first started and, and eventually how you got to where you are now, where we can talk to you about cover artists. Uh, <laughs> so it was dark. It was real dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these hands came and ripped something open and there was oh, light. Wow. And then there was a doctor, I think, I, don't, I, I, I guess now, and I was born. You know, now I was a doctor. At the time, you had no idea what a doctor even was. Exactly. Yeah, I was just like, there's things and stuff and it's all entering my... No. Yeah, um, it's very slimy. Very, very. <laughs> well, no, I was, I was a cesarean section, baby, man. Cut myself out. Oh. Well, yeah. yeah. You cut yourself even. I was like, I had a samurai sword in there. I was like, yeah. Shwa. Came out doctors with the scalpel like, oh, we don't even need this. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I got this. He's bitch. doing it himself. <laughs> No, um, musically, music has always been around for me. So, like, I was adopted at like four months old. Yeah, outside of music. So, oh, yeah. so, so you you were born uh, to a set of parents. Yeah, yeah. and you you were then set up for adoption. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom, my biological mom at the time, she was she was really heavy with her drug addiction, mm-hmm. and um, I mean she's been clean now fourteen years. You know, praise be to God for that. But. Um, she, you know, she put me up for adoption. She knew like this would be the better thing for me and that she, by doing that, I would have the best possible outcome and a better life than had I just stayed with her. Okay. Um, so she put me in adoption. Um, I got adopted by this wonderful family, the Coles, um, Janet and Dennis, and they had me since four months old. So like, those are my parents. Four months. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't like a closed or an open adoption. It was kind of like, Hey, if you're sober, you can be in his life. And like, if you're on one, like you can't <laughs> like pretty simple. Good rule. That's a good yeah, rule. And so it was really cool. And they were always honest with me. Like, I think I asked about it cause they were white people. And so like, <laughs> and then if you're just tuning in and you don't know, I'm not white. Uh, Wait, what? I, this is breaking news. Right? Breaking I news. Breaking news. Uh, I know. I sound Norwegian. But, <laughs> um, so they – I remember I was like, hey, mom, uh, how come I got a permanent tan and y'all uh, <laughs> y'all don't? She was like, well, you're adopted. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? Do you remember what age you were when you made that connection? Three, four, something. I was young. Oh, wow. I was young. But okay. I was, it was definitely like – there's something different. <laughs> One of these but things is not like the other. Like it was, it was great. It was great. So, uh, so you know, she told me and she explained. She was like, "Yeah, you were made in her tummy, and then you, you, we have you, and now there, and because she's sick." And I was like, oh, "Okay, cool, whatever. It's fine with me. You gonna feed me? You gonna change me? All right, we're good." Um. So then, but my grandma was always involved. The grandma was like the glue. Um, mm. Rest in peace, Nana. Um, grandma was always the glue. And so, like, I like that was my biological grandma, but that was the grandma that I knew. Like, I'd met a few of my other grandmas, not all of them, but, like, that was, like, my grandma. And so any ties to my biological family, like my brother and my sister and all that, because we were all separated because we had different dads. Although, newsflash, me and my brother probably have the same dad, <laughs> which is hilarious because we look like twins and it was, like, <laughs> no way. And that's, like, a whole thing and, it, like, it's hilarious. But, yeah. Um, so like I got, I was in contact with them, but it was just, it was sporadically, you know, it was here and there. Um, but you know, they, they listened to a lot of music, you know, they had a lot of rock on, they had a lot of, a lot of classic, a lot of pop music for the time. Um, and then my, they, my parents were foster parents as well. So we had a lot of like young kids around and stuff or younger kids. Like I say young kids now, but they were like older than me. They're like 16, you know, 13 at the time. So they'll listen to it. It was like in the nineties. So it was like all the nineties hip hop and like all the nineties punk stuff. And I was like, all this stuff is cool. Mom's like, you can't listen to that. It's got cussing in it. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, but mom, we'll take clan and nothing to fuck with. Like, I don't understand the problem. Like, like, come on, mom. Jeez. Uh, so do you remember the first song you, 
as far back as you remember, the first song you, you heard that was like, oh shit, music's amazing. Well, I know my mom used to sing to me Shenandoah. I believe. I, I, okay, so I she, name. that's the name that I remember. Okay, but the melody for it, I don't believe is actually Shenandoah. And I'm like, is that like a she's getting older kind of thing? All right. I don't know, but that's I don't know. It's this song that she used to sing to me, and um, yeah, man, it was really, it was really sweet and soft, and I remember liking that. And then after that, the next song that I can probably think of is like Wooly Bully, man. Whoa! All yeah. right. Yeah, and then like may- <laughs> maybe some Depeche Mode in there, and ooh Van Halen. All right, and that that's like the musical beginnings. All right, as long as Wooly Bully wasn't the first. No, no, because that's unintelligible. It's just Wooly like, Bully, yeah, Wooly Bully. yeah, it was great. Watch it now, watch it. Yeah, no, it was it great. Comes. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was a jam. Yeah, but what is the words are, are are shit. The music I liked a lot. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the music behind it was like, ah, here we go. It's like, this, this isn't, these aren't lyrics. You, you thought about this for five seconds. Before yeah, you but it was raw, man. It was raw and it was real. And that's yeah. what it's about. You know? The music, I enjoyed the music. Yeah, no, the music was really the lyrics. Ah. I mean, that's the thing, like Van Halen too, man. Like, you know, like going back and just like, even just like the... <laughs> then, you know, then you got like Sammy Hagar too, and then like David Lee Roth, and like that whole like dichotomy of it all, and like finding out those are two different people, and like not just like the dude change his name. Like, I don't know. So like, and it was funny too, because music, it was always around... But I think I took it for granted when I was younger. Like I didn't, okay. I didn't realize, especially with the different collection and influences that my parents had. Like my mom played drums, my dad was a guitarist. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they used to be in like a little top forty band. Wow! Um, but then when I came along, I messed all that up. <laughs> um, no, I, how so? How'd yeah. you mess it up? Because uh, you know they had bills and had to be parents and couldn't oh, be rock stars, right? Um, no, had to I, sell the drums and guitar. Yeah, no, actually, I think the bass diapers. player messed it up, which is a common theme. Oh. <laughs> Passed pass down from generations. Um, but but I, I remember, like, my mom used to have her drum set. Why didn't you tell me this before? <laughs> Sorry. I never joined this band. Right, it's hereditary. Hereditary. Um, no, like, my mom used to set up the drums, and, like, I remember I used to sit on there and try to do it, and, like, I was probably a better drummer then than I am now. <laughs> like, okay. Um, no, but, like, it was cool, man. And, like, my dad would play guitar, and I was like, wow, that is awesome, but there is a lot of strings and intricacies, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> And then little did I know, it's like the caveman instrument. Like, anybody can play guitar. It's simple. Oh, is that right? And my drummer can play guitar. Like, it's not hard. I bought a guitar a couple years ago, threatening to teach myself. Like, hey, and I tuned it up once. It's easy, It's been in the bag ever since. Give it like 10 minutes. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have 10 minutes. That's like... Yeah. So much time. Yeah, 20, 20, 10 minutes is a lot of time. Yeah. That's true. But no, um, so it was always around, but it, it wasn't... I don't want to say it wasn't integral because, like, it was always around, and if it wasn't there, it was noticeable. But at the same time, I wasn't one of those music kids. Like, I wasn't like, oh, man, there's this band and this thing and, like, this music. And, like, I was, like, I was just, like, into other stuff. I was like, I need to ride my bike and go off jumps and, like, fight kids and, like, do karate and, like, you know, whatever. Like, I was into, like, stuff like I was a a very active, outgoing kid. And, like... What was your favorite game as a kid? Um, We only did it, like... (laughs) <laughs> a few times okay there's two there's two all right no no that that was later i wish i was a kid for that <laughs> um no there was two things and we only did them like a couple times one was quarry surfing oh which is where you take a skateboard you take the trucks off and you go to a quarry where they're oh like my God. building something and there's like the big 
mountain of small rocks and yeah. ride it down. Very dangerous, jagged rocks. Yeah, but yeah. they were small. They were really, really small. Really it's small, so small but jagged. Eh? Small, but, but, but still small. <laughs> and right. we would ride down it, and that was fun. And the other one was like we would uh, make little trash can armors and like ride our bikes <laughs> with like hockey sticks and like joust and like oh yeah all right yeah that was awesome your bike jousting yeah oh nice yeah it was cool it was we, yeah we had fun man or like riding the little the little red jeep that everyone had with the little battery powered oh uh, yes I had one absolutely oh, yeah, yeah no, that thing was dope I yeah. loved doing that that was cool. I was picking up chicks from all over around the right. You were like, "Hey, girl, what's up? You want to go see the ice cream man?" Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll drive you to the bottom of the cul-de-sac and drive you back. Let's yeah. go. I'm two doors down. Give me five minutes to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a, brought you a PB and J. Like, yeah, no, it was solid. It was solid. Um, but yeah, you know, I was very active. I did. I went on to all that, and then we started moving around because my parents split. And when they split, we moved to U- we moved around a lot. Like we went to Utah because my sister was going to school out there to BYU because she's Mormon and like that's cool, that's her thing. Whatever. All right. Um, and then we came down to Alhambra, and then my mom met a dude, and we were in Simi Valley. Wait, hold on, when you were first uh, adopted by by Janet, mm-hmm. what, what area were you in? Uh, Rialto. Rialto. Yeah, and this is back in the day oh, okay. when like, there was like nothing out there. When like. Uh, it was, which was funny because looking back to me, I was like, oh man, the Ontario Mills was a day trip for us. And I'm like, <laughs> they just, they, they, they swindled us. <laughs> like they were like, Hey, we're going to on an adventure. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, we're going to the mall, but it was cool. Like they had a Looney Tunes store back then. Like, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They had game works with the thing you climb in and you go up and down. Like, yeah, yeah. it was the whole thing, man. Oh my God. Yeah, there was no housing over there. It was all just like <laughs> fields and flags where a house was going to be. Right. Yeah, no. It was, it was just the mall. Yeah, like that was it. It was the mall and like cows and dirt. It was. Yeah. And I remember like my, my cousins lived in Chino, which I thought was like miles away. And I'm like, oh, it's not that far. Right, yeah. And uh, of course, when you're trying to get like 15 kids, because again, they were foster parents, into like a van and like get them down to like Chino from Rialto, like it's it's kind of a mission. So I get that. Also, oh, so they, they adopted a bunch of kids. Well, I was the only one that was adopted. I was special. Oh. Yeah. Or, okay. It was okay. affirmative action. Like, they were just like, we can only get one. <laughs> we're letting one in. They, they took in a lot of kids. They took in a lot of kids. Okay. Yeah. I probably had like 20 sisters and brothers growing up. Like, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah. And, and of them, only a few of them stuck. Like, you know, uh, Kim, Jennifer, uh, Bobby, Bill, uh, Robert, um, Trisha, and then like my, my mom's biological daughter, Amber. And that's about like all the siblings that like stuck around ish. So how many kids in the same house at one time when, uh, when you were there? The mo- like the most that I remember from the Rialto house because like when I was adopted it was Glendora first technically thinking mm. about it it was Glendora then Rialto. Okay. Um, but the Rialto house, which is when I was old enough to have the most memory, was at any one time one two three four five six seven eight like eight or nine of us. Wow. Yeah, and then there was a point when my mom had, like, exchange students, so then it was, like, 12 of us. So you usually do two at a time or, like, one at a time. Yeah, it was crazy. Okay. And, like, and then of them, the only ones that we really keep in contact with is uh, the Japanese woman, uh, Megumi. She's a woman now. She was a girl then. And it was oh. so funny because, like, <laughs> I was, like, six or seven. I had such a crush on Megumi, man. I thought for sure I was, like... 
man, this little fortune cookie, she going to get this. <laughs> I'm like, eight years old, I got my big wheel. What's up, girl? <laughs> like, didn't know Jump how. in my car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm driving, not you. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to get flamed so much for this. It's all right. <laughs> Who cares? It's whatever. This is a podcast. Um, no, man. But, um... <laughs> Sorry, there's just a lot of other memories now because now I'm thinking in high school we had this thing. Go for it. We were in a group, and it was funny because our teacher was Asian, and like it was me, this white dude, and this Latino guy, and we were trying to. We had to. It was a computer class, and we had to like make a website, and we had to have a thing for it, and so we made a rap group, and we were called the EBA because we were everything but Asians, and like. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, and like it's funny because like everyone's like, no, I don't know, you're really racist towards Asians. I'm like, no, I actually love it. Like I have like a lot of like. Maybe I just culturally appropriate because I have like Asian tattoos and stuff. But like, no, man, I love Asian culture. I don't know. But like, just there's a lot of things that I realize now looking back, like, wow, that was kind of like, that wasn't really good. (laughs) (laughs) But like, our teacher laughed. He was cool with it, man. It was funny. We got good grades. He taught me a lot about design, actually. Oh. Yeah. He was also kind of a graphic design class in there. So I learned about like contrast, something. I forget the the acronym was crap, but and the C was contrast and the P was position. I think um, I don't remember the the R and the A, but radiance aperture. I don't. Yeah, aperture science. Sure, why not? Cake is a lie. Yeah. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's 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 my nerd my nerd tag for you, but no. Um, so no, we had like like I said, we had like a bunch of like exchange students and stuff like that, and it was fun. Um, but then my parents split up. And then we moved to Utah because my sister Amber was going to school out there with her husband. And, like, Utah was cool. It was cold. Your sister, like, real sister or My mom's sister? biological daughter. Okay. Got it. So not my biological sister, but she's my sister. Um, so she was in. She was there. It's, she the same. Be, it's the same. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So she was going She was going to school in BYU. We went out there. And, like, it was cool. It was, it was my first time seeing snow. There was, like, a small little fight club that we had with the kids at, like, oh. eight. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I was in the Boy Scouts for a, a, like, I think a month, but like, I was like not about it. Cause I was kind of rebellious. I think the divorce <laughs> had something to do with that. Like, wow. and it's not like it was anything that like, I like consciously was like, everything, oh, I'm angry. I've, read, everything I've read divorce has no effect on kids. Yeah, That's of course all, not. Everything I've read. Yeah, obviously okay. none right. at all. Um, but no, like there was that I, uh, I, I made a snowboard out of a skateboard with no trucks and zip ties and it worked. It worked for how long though? Like for like all the way down hills, okay. like it was great. <laughs> With me on top of it, not rolling. Okay. Um, mostly, right. mostly. Um, <laughs> no, and then there was I jumped off a friend's roof. Oh, yeah, it was the first time into a there. pool or no, just like in, or? just like into the grass. Okay, and dodged rebar. Like wow, like like I could have been impaled and dead. Damn. Like, yeah, it was one of those like wow, it was bad. Um, we had BB gun fights. Um. <laughs> there's there's a real embarrassing story uh, where well there's two but one I think I got sick I was at my friend's I think there's more than two there's there's probably more than two but there's two that I remember okay because I, I didn't I didn't like I made friends out there but not like a lot of friends like I was I was like the new kid who was like the only chip on the cookie who was like <laughs> doing this fight club thing but not really and then like I don't know like I just I didn't like kids with attitude because like I'm just. I've always been like, just be real. And if you're just going to be fake, like, just, I'd have no time for you. And kids are oftentimes very fake. Yes. And so I just it's had upsetting. no time for a yeah. lot of them. And they just didn't like that. And at the time, I wasn't funny enough or like 
I mean, I'm not really funny now, but at least now I have the resolve to kind of take, you know, some joshing. Uh, yeah, then I didn't, so I was just like, keep making jokes, I'm going to hit you. And then, like, I did, and then I got oh. in trouble. Yeah. And I wasn't even, like, the biggest kid. Like, there was probably a bunch of kids that should have beat me up, but, like, they just didn't. So, like, it was whatever. Mm. Um, but, no, uh, I, I spent the night at a friend's house, and he turned me around as a joke, so I would, like, wake up not knowing where I was, but it worked, and I threw up everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Like you woke up, uh, like my it, head was at the like was at I one side of the room when I, when I went to sleep. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I just threw up everywhere. It was great. And, um, <laughs> and then um, this other time, I don't know what was going on, but I had to go to the restroom. But then I had to go to my friend's house, and he was like a block away. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna run to his house. So I run to his house. I do the thing I have to do, and I'm trying to run back, and I have to pee so bad, so bad. And I'm running and I'm running and I'm just like, I can't hold it anymore. Wait, so, if you have to be that bad, you, you can't run. It's, yeah, that it's, was a bad uh, idea. Yeah, no, it was a bad idea. <laughs> okay. It was a very bad idea. So now, and I'm on like a main street, but I'm just <laughs> running home, just peeing like myself. <laughs> just like, oh God, I hope nobody sees me. <laughs> like it was, I, I don't even know why. Like it was just, it was insane. Insane. I got to wear my yellow pants. Yeah, right. I blame it on the divorce. <laughs> I had jeans, so it was kind of cool. It's uh, like, oh, it's just dark denim. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's darker. Uh, yeah, they're uh, they're dark washed. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely acid washed. <laughs> Only fucking drank Mountain Dew. <laughs> that, yeah, no, I was a chubby kid too. That was the other thing. Like, really? I, oh, I was a fat kid. Wow, for sure. Yeah, it was you, you get shit for that uh, all the time. But like I owned it. Like I, I always stayed like, like I wasn't like Fat Albert, Fat Kid. But I was definitely. Like, <laughs> but I was definitely not like. I was more than chubby. You okay. know, like it was like that eh, kid's chubby. Okay. Fat by today's standards or fat by back then standards? Uh, for sure by back then, and even to even by to. I mean, today there's so many body positive stuff going on, which is good. I'm not trying to knock that. Yeah. Um. But like, fat doesn't mean the same thing as it used to mean. Yeah. No. I I was I was rotund. Okay. I was rotund. I looked like a barrel. Okay. Like my legs were proportionate because like I always did like active stuff. So there was muscle there, but like there was fat over it. And like it just – it wasn't good. It wasn't good looking. It was right, not so, good so you looking. did leg day. We skipped stomach day. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. Leg day, arm day was cool, but stomach day I was like, nah, yeah. it's not going to happen. Okay. Which was funny because then like later on in life I developed this thing where I look man pregnant. So like from the back I'm like, I am a Greek Adonis. And I turn <laughs> sideways and it's like, whoa, that dude's got a baby. Um. But no, we moved to Alhambra after that, and that was kind of rough. Like, I had, like, a few friends there, and it was cool, and we lived in this one house with this dog, Georgie, who was, like, I don't know if she was a schnauzer or what, but she was just a I had a schnauzer growing up. I love my schnauzer. Was the schnauzer's name Georgie? It was Frederick. Well, then that's not the very, same schnauzer. It's a very white name. Very much so. <laughs> I tasted Zima. My mom let me taste Zima. Remember Zima? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. You just outwhited me. Yeah. With your Zima? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I had Frederick Edzima. All right, you're more white than I am. That's it. That's it, man. <laughs> you know, um, but again, music was still always around. It was like kind of for me at that point in time, like it was a very good escape for me because there was I'm like that was like Lincoln Park days and oh stuff like my that. God. Because like, just I was not gonna. It was a uniform school, so I didn't like that. We we're moving, so I didn't like that. And then like I just was not getting along with those kids because that Alhambra's cool. Like now, back then, like kids were just angry. And I remember like we we're. <laughs> Oh, sorry. There's a funny story. Here comes the story. Yeah. Right. So we were, we were playing like four square with the ball thing or whatever, like yes. or whatever. I don't remember how you play anymore, but like we we're playing it, and this kid kept saying stuff, and I was like, "Bro, I was like, say something about my mom again. Like you're gonna be in trouble." And he oh. said something. So I walked over and I just started choking him. 
And it was, you it was, said this so casually. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, whatever. His eyes rolled back, and then I was like, ah, I'm done. And I just started walking to the office. <laughs> and my mom came, and she was mad. And then we were leaving, and, he, and like he's sitting in the office because like the nurse was there. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he had like these big red marks on his neck. And I was like, that's cool, bro. Like, whatever. <laughs> don't talk about my mom. And then no one talked about my mom. It was great. But I also yeah, didn't precedent have Precedent set. Yeah, I, I also didn't have a lot of friends, though. And so it was the thing. Uh, it's, I got a scar on my knuckle. Is this one? Yeah. It's that oh. one right there, oh, okay. um, because uh, I had a lot of anger issues at this point in time in my life. Um, I remember the key wouldn't work in the door, and it was like a four pane window door, like on the top. And I was gonna hit the middle, and I missed, and I punched out the glass. Oh, and I was like, that's not good. And I was like, I'm in trouble. I was like, that kind of hurts. And I looked at my hand, and it's just like bleeding. And I'm like. Oh, that's bad. So like, I reached in and I grabbed a towel and I put it on it. And then I was like, I went to my neighbor and I was like, is so-and-so home? He's like, no, why are you holding a towel with blood? Because it's like his dad or his uncle or something. He's like, what's going on here? There's like a <laughs> like a 12-year-old black kid here like bleeding. Like, this is not good. <laughs> And he's like, yeah. Who let, did you kill? He's like, let me. <laughs> he's like, he's like, let me call your aunt. And like, he bandaged it up a little bit. And she called, he called my aunt. And like, my aunt went and we uh, went to the hospital. And they had to give me a shot right in my hand. That was the most painful thing I'd ever had to deal uh, with at the time. I was like, oh god, that sucks so bad. And they did put stitches in there. And yeah, and then we made the little missions because it's California and you have to make the missions. Uh, of course, yeah. Um, and that went cool. But then we had we had a cute teacher. I remember that. We had a real kid. And I oh. definitely was like, I mean, again, I was like 12 or 13, but I was like, this teacher. <laughs> she can get it. She, yeah. She, <laughs> she, she can be on the news. She can be on the news for touching kids. So you, um, so you I don't condone that, by the way. Of course. It's, it's deplorable unless you're on the receiving end. Uh, but <laughs> you, you mentioned Lincoln Park earlier. Yeah, yeah. At the time, that was kind of like a, ooh, Oh yeah, edgy. It was no, super edgy. Yeah, yeah. No, it was nowadays like, is like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Did any part of that take holding you like, oh, I want to make music this this way? Um, there was. I wanted to make music that hit me the same way that it hit me. Okay, I'd say oh, that, and good. because it was right around then that we moved to Simi Valley. And oh, then wow. this is really where my music journey begins, which oh, okay. is hilarious. Perfect. And and it's hilarious in like all the wrong kind of ways. I, can't I was also wait to wa- I was also watching a lot of South Park. Okay. Um so I was I was starting to really venture into my nerd side playing a lot of video games cuz my mom's boyfriend was a big nerdy gamer dude. Oh, all right. And so we were paintballing and painting figurines and Dungeons oh. and Dragons and like all the fun stuff, which was awesome. It was great. Yeah. No, it was it was awesome time. That's my jam right there. Um, but I always had music playing and then like Grand Theft Auto 3 came on. So it was right. like the 3D one. We're playing that and stuff. Of course, that might have been towards the end of the time. doesn't matter. Um, I made friends with my, with, my, with, my, with my homie Sean and his brother Shane and Daniel and all them or whatever. And Sean played drums. Um, and I think he still does. I think they're actually reviving that. Um, but yeah, he was playing drums and stuff and he was like, you playing instruments? And like, I had remembered like, so with my dad, like I visited him and stuff and like, I'd picked up a bass. I had held it. I'd made some notes. Okay. And then of course I remembered the South Park episode with token and they're like, token, play bass. You're black. You can do it. And then he did it. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I can play bass. (laughs) Whatever. Why not? It was in my blood, man. Yeah. 
He was pissed about that, right? Tony's he was like, very mad about yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, oh, damn it. But, but he did it. And then, like, yeah. and like, luckily, Sean wasn't a developed drummer at the time. So, me not being a developed bass player, it worked out because we were neither of us were developed, but we could fake it. And I was like, uh. But this is where, like, my mom being a drummer and my dad being a guitar player and me having, like, all that, like, started kicking in because then it was like, oh, I actually kind of feel like a rhythm and I feel stuff. And then, no offense to Sean, I love Sean. He's, if, Sean, if you're listening, you're, you're my boy. I'm sure he's great. In the beginning, like there was like no rhythm on his end. Okay. And I remember being like, "Why is he changing that? That doesn't that doesn't feel right. That's right. I don't think that's that's how that's supposed to go. I don't like this." I was like, "But I'm gonna keep playing." But like, this is weird. I don't know how I feel about it. So then I'd go to like my dad's on like the okay. weekends or every other weekend or whatever it was, and like I'd be like, "Oh, let me get in the music room," and I'd, I'd play the bass and. He'd show me like a little 12 bar thing and I'd start doing that. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. I picked it up for like a little bit and then I got really into paintball and stuff. Yeah. And paintball's amazing. <laughs> paintball and like really expensive high priced G.I. Joe's because like <laughs> I was I was just that kid that was really cool. I don't know. Again, violent kid. I don't know. Um, no, I got in a few fights in, in school and then, but no, but like, I don't know. Again, oh, that's also. When, like, beatboxing started being a thing, I kind of started joking around with rapping. Like, there was just a lot of musical things going on around me that I was, like, dipping my toes into. Yeah. But wasn't, like, diving into. And and then uh, eighth, eighth, no, seventh grade. Seventh grade. Right? So I've played the bass now a bit. And, like, I've jammed with some, like, with my, with my bro and my dad and stuff. And, like, I could do that. And we get to uh, I get to seventh grade and I'm, I'm in another new school. I've got some friends. It's all going cool. And like the very end of seventh grade, maybe beginning of eighth grade, like my friend Ryan comes up and he's like, "Hey man, like we've seen you around. Like you know, you don't really hang out with the brothers." And, and like he's a white boy, so like it was even more hilarious because like the white <laughs> dudes saw me. I don't hang out with the black kids, and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, like it is what it is. It looks all cool." He's like, "Would you like rap or anything?" Or no, no, he said. He said, do you freestyle? And I was like, yeah, I freestyle. And he was like, let me hear something. So I started beatboxing thinking like that's totally <laughs> the same thing. And he's like – My name is Arnell and I'm here to say. No, no. I changed rap game in a major way. It was like <laughs> – And he was like, he was like, no, 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 with like words. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can totally do that. He's like, well, come here. We're rapping over here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Everything in my life that I've done, I've always been like, yeah, I could do that. And then I figured it out later. So we go into this cypher session and everyone's rapping. At least it starts off as a cypher. And like, I don't know where it came from, but I start rapping and it's rhyming and it's making sense and it's not too corny. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this thing. This is kind of cool. And then they're like, oh, cool. You guys are going to battle now. And I was like, what? And then like Devin, who's like this kid with just like amazing bars. Like, I think he still raps. Check him out. Sess, little Sess. He's amazing. Um, he just just bars, just fire bars, and I remember like sitting there like he's talking about me, but this is really good. Like you guys hearing this right now, this, this is amazing. Round of applause for Devin. Yeah, and, and they're like, "All right, D, go," and I was like, "Okay," and like at the time, I didn't realize like. Did the he, fact did that he be rabbit you where he took all the way your steam before? No, um, it was more like he was just that good, and oh, like okay. so, no matter what I said, I was going to lose. But I was too ignorant to really understand that at the time, right. which played to my favor because the fact that I came back with anything, everyone was like, <laughs> "Okay, yeah, you, you yeah. can say it. Like, right. it was all right." all right, and then that turned into like 
something that I did. And like, that's like, that's the first time where like, I really was both around and like got fully accepted by black people in my life. Okay. Like that, like (laughs) hip hop changed my life. No, but like it, it, no, it did because like, that's when I started hanging out with black kids more. shizzle. For shizzle, dude. Did I say that correctly? Bro, like, on the real, bro? Like, yeah. dude, hip-hop was so lit, dude. <laughs> like, I'd be riding through the, the six with my Gs, bro, you know? With my woes, dude. Okay. Hold the gun sideways, kill shot. Yeah, sipping on Sursip. Yeah, man, man. <laughs> no, gin and juice, dude. Do you have gin and yeah. juice? It's Apple juice? Very flavorful. Sparkling, preferably, <laughs> with a hint of lime. It's great. It's a great mixture. Great mixture. Can you muddle? Can you muddle it? Can you muddle a little it? bit? <laughs> But no, like it was, and it was in, it was real interesting because then I found myself, and like this is where it was weird because like all my life I'd been called an Oreo at, up until this point, which I was like really upset about. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not an Oreo. I just, I'm sorry, I speak well, and that being educated is considered a white thing. That's How racist. Dare you. Like, like I hate you people for this. Yeah. I'm like, do you know about Sydney Portier? Do you know about Sydney Portier? <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> he was the jackal of Bruce Willis. Yeah, and uh, like, and like, no one was like, who? Like, man, yeah. get out of here, cracker! Like, that's what they were trying to say to me. Uh, I was like, I was like, whatever. But like, I found myself like trying to figure out which stereotypes were real and not, and then like what it really meant to be black, and like. Because when you're a kid, like, you hear stereotypes, you you kind of think of them as true in a sense, and then, like, not really, but then, like, you kind of figure that out. And, like, so growing up, because I'd been all around white people, like, I'd had this, like, idea of what black people were being one, which was even weirder. Yeah, that is weird. So then, like... You're being told... Like, this is what, what black people are. are. And I'm yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm like, there was, like, a few around me, yeah. but, like, not a lot, and they were always just really separate because it was really different in different circles like whatever yeah so like in this instance it was kind of cool because like i got to experience like i got to experience becoming black from a white perspective but like not really (laughs) you know like that's the best way i can explain it like i like i did a lot of white shit that i got away with because i'm black okay (laughs) like i remember the first time i said nigga like I remember it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we were there, we were like rapping, and someone said something. And I was like, "Nigga," and I was like, "Whoa, that felt real." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, that was natural." <laughs> yeah. Nobody said shit to me when I said it. I was like, "That was cool," <laughs> and I was like, and I realized I was like, I didn't even feel weird. And then like, and I think we were making fun of someone else too because they kind of said it weird, like they were trying, and I was like, "Yeah, you just gotta let it roll off the tongue, man." Like, and in my head, I'm like, "I'm barely scraping yeah. by, but you're even worse than me." So sucks to be you, nerd. Like, you know. And then like, but going to the ciphers all the time, and then making friends, and hanging out at their houses, and just being around the families and the culture and stuff. And it was like, "Oh well, we're all like the same people, man. You guys aren't all a bunch of gangbangers." So I'm glad to hear that. You know, I feel safe. I feel safe on this block. Um, until. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, this this is nice. You people are, are good people. Um, no, you know, but like it, it was it was really weird because then it, it it became kind of a question like what does it mean to be black and am I black and like obviously like I am black but what does that mean? Right. I'm like venturing down that whole rabbit hole of sorts and like oh rabbit hole yeah, yeah. that's a good song. It's called Back to a Personal <laughs> Song. Maybe. Check it out. It's on Spotify, iTunes, all that yeah. stuff. Um, SoundCloud. Check out my album on SoundCloud. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. It was just, it was just really, and then I found out like I was good at rapping. Like I just, 
the more I did it, the better I got. And then that became for a while, like that's what I was going to do. I was like, I'm going to be a rapper. I think you showed me some uh, Spotify or, or some old, old Somewhere stuff. way back there, there's there's something out there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like MIC, Most Insane Criminal, Lyrical Not Literal. Like oh. it was, it was, <laughs> I'm telling you, like it was, it, and it was nasty, man. Like I just, and then like going into high school, like from junior high, like we would go to like Skate Express, which was like the local roller rink. <laughs> yes, existed. I remember. And wow. that's where the battles would happen. And like people would fight. Wait, you didn't rap battles with Skate Express? Yeah. What the? F- yeah. 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 That's how they rolled. That's, that, <laughs> ah, yes. Yes. You're man. welcome, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that is that is exactly what happened, man. And it was funny because like people would like get real rap beef and like they would fight and then like. I found out about gangs around this time, and I was like, "Oh, gangs are real." No, mind <laughs> you, I'm in like Chino, so I'm like, oh, "Okay, there's like no." Well, so you're young and black. What gang were you in? Right. Oh, I wasn't in a gang. Oh, I don't understand. Like I said, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was just friends that were that were affiliated. You oh, know? I see. I'm like, I see, I see. This okay. dude was a crib. That dude was a blood. Or he has a cousin who was. Whatever. <laughs> and then it was like this whole weird thing because again, coming into it like all late in the game and stuff, it was like, oh, cool. So like, you only wear blue, or and they're like, oh. no, like it's not oh. how that works. But like, that's the flag that I rock. And I was like, so you can wear red? Like, I'm just like, I'm not understanding this dynamic. It's really confusing. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, but I couldn't let them know that like, well, I mean, they probably already knew. But in my head, I was like, I can't let them know how white I really am. So I was like, so like, yeah, though, like, so like, you only be wearing blue, though? Like, I wear uh, uh, red and blue plaid. Is that, uh, is, is that, that is so that, like, what if you wear purple? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a combination. I mean, I, can I be part of both crews here? What is that? <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was just a really weird experience. Um, but I don't know. So it, that became the goal. I was like, I'm going to be a rapper. And I got really good at that. And we're doing these battles and I was, I was beating a lot of people. Still wasn't better than Sass cause he was, he's just amazing, but, <laughs> okay. but whatever. But I was, I was up there it was, it was this whole thing and it was cool. And like, we recorded a few things. I had a rap beef with this kid. I beat him up in his front lawn. Um, <laughs> wait, like lyrically or physically? Uh, both. <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, that was not a proud moment for me. Like basically, uh, I said some stuff that was out of pocket. Uh, it was really bad. Uh, it was about a family member of his that had passed, and I. Oh. And, and it wasn't like directed like, "Oh, your family member that passed is this." It was more like, "Ah, eh, forget about you and this family member." Uh, they were, like okay. they were passed, and I was like, "I don't care." So out of context. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and but like obviously they were mad about it. Today and they, on Twitter, that'd be a huge. Oh, it'd be a huge yeah, thing. And right. then someone was like, "Well, dude, you got." And then like this instigator yeah. friend was like, "Bro, you got to fight him now, bro. Like he's beefing with you. Like you got to fight him. You got to." I was like, "I have to." Like that's okay. That seems really weird, but okay. So we go to his house, and then he comes out, and like he doesn't want to come out, but like some of his friends are there. Which, who, fun fact, one of those friends that was his friend is like now like one of my good friends. Like, uh, okay, hilarious how that works out. <laughs> Beautiful. And like, so he finally comes out, and he's, and he's like, "We never said it to my face." And like everybody looks at me, and I was like, "Well, I'm not about to be a punk." Like, yeah. So then I said it. So then he starts hooping and hollering and taking off his shirt, and I was like, oh, "Are we gonna fight or not?" Like, come on. And then I just beat him up. That's what it was. Now, and also, I don't want to give the impression like I just go around beating people up. Like I've definitely had my butt kicked multiple times. Like there was, <laughs> there was this big kid in fourth grade, Chris <laughs> Betts, I believe is his name, and he stole my toy. And I know he stole it. And if he's listening, <laughs> if he finds it, I hope he returns it. Which which toy was it? Uh, it was a Gundam. 
It was Heavy oh, okay. Arms, the orange one. <laughs> N- number one with the little knife in the arm. Trust me, I don't yep. forget. And it's and he was like he was a fatter kid than me, and so like I went to punch him, and he was just chubby, and it just was like no effect. <laughs> don't know use this punch. It was ineffective. Nothing defeats the blob. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then like, but it was cool because then he had soft hands. So, like his punches, like they were just it was. <laughs> so like it, it kind of hurt, but it was kind of soft. Right. But like then three he, days later, eh, eh. yeah, like, punching like, each other. Yeah, like and like he. <laughs> well, here's the thing: like he kneed me in the face. Oh, but it was kind of more like he thighed me in the face. <laughs> so like, and then like I got kind of a flat nose, so it just kind of like stunned me. Like I didn't didn't bleed and didn't break or anything. But all my friends were like, "No, like dude, you're done. You're done." And like I was crying because I was angry, not because I was like, "Oh, this hurts." But I was like, <laughs> "No, he's done. Oh my god." My friend's like picking me up. He's like, "No, dude, like we're going home." I was like, "No, yeah." So like, like no, it was it was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And then there was the other time too in junior high. Uh, my homie Darion, who uh, cut cuts by drugs. No, that's that's Alex. Uh, wait for it. Nope, I don't remember his name. I'm sorry, Darion. Cuts my drugs. Cuts by Dro. Wow. Okay. Cuts by Dro. Cuts by Dro. Cuts my no, no, drugs. No, no. And no, no, hold like, on. I got I got to pull this up though now because he, he cuts really good hair. Yeah. Also, yeah. shout out to 909 Clippers because also he also cuts hair besides from drugs. They be they be doing our our hair up. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's not gonna come up. My phone is being slow. But Darion, oh there we go. D underscore nice de barber. Shout out to him. Get your haircuts. Um, or or Leosha over at 909. Shout out. Um, but no, he was like, he was like one of like the kids that like everyone knew was like a good fighter guy. And he was like one of the cool kids. And I remember like one time I like, I, we we're just like talking crap to each other. And then he like got serious about it. I was like, well, let's go. And I was like, okay. Oh, we're not playing anymore. So like I square up on him and like, I just remember swinging, hitting nothing. And then just feeling a hit. <laughs> and like, I was like, bah. and I was like, okay, I didn't see him move. Like, did he really? <laughs> so I tried again and then I got hit again. And I was like, what the heck? He's like, you want to keep going? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, my bad. I'm done. I'm not pass. <laughs> yeah, hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> like, look, it's one thing to fight someone who's just bigger and better, like whatever. But like, I'm not seeing your punches. Like, no, <laughs> I'm not fighting the Invisible Man. Like, this is <laughs> no, no, no. Like, mm-mm, I'll, I'll, I'll bitch card on that. Like, fine, whatever. I'll take it. Like, that was not a good. Mm-mm. But plus side, I didn't get a black eye or a bloody lip, so you know it was good. All right, well, yeah, yeah, that's a big plus. Yeah, you know, you pick your pick and choose, pick and choose. Yeah. Uh, so, so, at what point did you go from from rap into what you're doing now? Right. So this is where it's kind of crazy. So sophomore year, freshman sophomore year, I started hanging out with my dad a little more because he moved, and then I, I could realize where distances were. You, nice your, your dad, dad, or uh, my a dad who adopted me. Okay. So when I started realizing like, oh, this isn't as far as I thought it was because now I'm old enough to really understand the distance of a mile. Um, <laughs> so I'd go over there and like I'd, I'd play bass with them for a while, but I wanted to start kind of singing. And like singing and playing bass for me, it was like, I was like, this is really hard. I can't do this. And then at the time, I didn't realize like Mark Hoppus did it and Phil Lynott did it. Kenny uh-huh. did it. I was just like, nobody plays bass and sings. All the front men play guitar. And I was like, I'm going to learn to play guitar. I was like, Dad, show me some chords. <laughs> and like, you know, actually, I backed that up. Before I even picked up the bass, there was, I was at my great grandma's house. It was my grandma. It was my dad's grandma, I think. So it was great grandma. Anyways, I'm at a family member's house and they had like a little accordion thing. And I was messing with that. 
And like, I remember oh. musically like, figuring out different melodies, like, oh, this is that song, or like, oh, this is that song. And, like, on the accordion. On this little accordion wow. thing. Wow. Yeah. And then, like, when cell phones came out and they had, like, the musical tones, like, <laughs> I, I, like I learned Funky Town, like, do, 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 yeah, do. Yeah, the MIDI do, players. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, five, four, five, one, uh, two, two, five, eight, seven, five. Yeah. Well, that's also how Tally got into the bass. Beep, 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 beep. In South Park. Yeah. <laughs> Funky Town. Funk it down. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's Just the music. Yeah. Funk it down. Yeah. No, and like, and I was like, oh, this is super cool. And then like, do, 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 I was like, and like, I'd mess around on the pianos. Like, I remember like, I would just like sit at a piano and like, if no one was around, I could like just sit and like try to make something that sounded good. I was like, oh, okay, this sounds good. And I remember like one time my mom was like, I was like, is that an actual song? I was like, no. I was messing around. She was like, this is pretty good. I was like, I could play piano. No, I can oh, hold on a second. So up to this point, you you, you played drums, you played bass, mm-hmm. and guitar now, and, and also piano. Mm-hmm. Can what well, can you not play? Well, I, I didn't play them necessarily well. I can make noise that sounds coherent and like, oh, this doesn't sound horrible to my ear. But that I, I could do there. chops on piano, and that's it. I could do a uh, bully bully on a guitar. If I play a bass, I could probably do um, one note over and over again. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't know. I just like. Isn't that how you play the bass? Yeah. (laughs) I'm a very explore. I'm a very explorative musician. So like, like there's musicians that learn from theory and all that, and there's musicians who kind of are self-taught and find their way. That's for sure how I learned. And like a lot of it was just like, oh, this sounds good together, and it's not dissonant. And then like, oh, I totally forgot about that too. Oh my gosh. Backtrack to eighth grade. Oh, I was in band. And I was like, because my sister played alto sax, and like I never heard her play. I was just always told, yeah, she played alto sax, alto sax, alto sax. So when I got to band, I was like, I want to play alto sax because my sister plays. That'd be cool. And then like, of course, you hear, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that, and 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 the wham sax full solo was awesome. So I right. want to do that. Can I get that plunger on top of my sax? Right? Or is that a different thing? A little, a little different. A little okay, different, a little right. different. I'm, I'm but, very um, inclined. I, I could not get my mouth to do the thing with the reeds. Like, just getting a reed that, mm-mm, nope. Shout out to Jeff Walden for doing what he does. Because right. I couldn't do it. Like, mm nope. So they were like, well, why don't you try one of the horn instruments? And I was like, one of the horny instruments? And they were like, horned <laughs> instruments. And I was like, it has horns? Like, it's gonna, and they're like, no, yeah. like a horn, like a trumpet or a trombone. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he was like, giggity, giggity. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I got the trombone and like, he was teaching us about our embouchure and like making the right mouth thing for it. And I was like, okay. And like, I got that down pretty quick and I was like, oh, I can make noise with this. So then I learned like the Looney Tunes thing because like I just would match my pitch by ear and then like you just kind of find it. And I was like, oh, cool. I could do that. And he was like, oh, okay. So this is like notes and this is how notes work and time. And I was like, oh, wow. That's, there's a, a thing for music. Okay. <laughs> so I started doing that. another language? Yeah. And like, so that was, that for like a year and a half, that was like my whole musical training okay so then now going back like when i would sit down like i could definitely tell if something was like not going together like if i hit a note and then i hit another note and it just sounded bad i was like Ugh, that's not a good note to play with that but these work and i was like oh this sounds nice oh okay this sounds like a All thing right. and i just mess around on stuff and then i remember like i wanted to start singing and i didn't know how and i was like okay so that's my dad to teach me a few chords he taught me a few chords and i was learning how to do it and, like, just messing around the guitar and, like, just really – I think I probably just sat down with the guitar and just, like, messed around with it for, like, hours for, like, a good solid, like, month. 
I'm just like messing with it. So self-taught then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then nice. from the chords he taught me, I started learning a few others. And the first song I learned was Time of Your Life by Green Day. Oh, all right. Yes. And then followed closely it's by great song, also very depressing. by Jeff Buckley. Okay. And then I I think I uh, saw her standing there by the Beatles. Oh. That might have been the third okay. one. I don't know. But I learned a few. Good times. So I learned some of those. And then I started, like, writing songs, like, shortly then after. So I was like, I know some chords. I could, I don't think that's a song. I can make that a song. And then I met this girl, uh, Valerie Saldana. All right. Yeah. And I remember meeting her because she was walking – uh, you saw her standing there? I did see her standing there. She <laughs> might have just been 17. Uh, <laughs> no, she was walking. She was getting her nails done the same place my mom did. And I remember seeing her and I was like, oh, my God, this woman is gorgeous. I was like, I want to put a baby in that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like 16 and that's just what 16-year-old dudes think. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I was well, like, dude. about the baby, more about the act of Oh, yeah. I just wanted to practice. Understood. Um, <laughs> no, but no, it was awesome. And then... Uh, so I wrote my first song like for her, like it was hilarious. Like I, I was like, it was called perhaps I love too much. Cause like, like she had this boyfriend who was kind of crazy. And then he said, he's going to come to the school, beat me with a pipe. And I was like, Oh, do it. And then, like, he came to school, and I saw him. I dropped my backpack. I was ready. I was like, was, he was like, no, no, I just, I just want to say I'm sorry. And I was like, get the heck out of my school. I'm going to see you here again. Like, Because, like, I don't know if he was abusive or what, but she she didn't like him, but she didn't want to break up with him either. It was, like, one of those, like, eh, kind of kind of yeah. things. But, you know, but they, they broke up or whatever, and I was like, cool, yeah. I was like, I got him. I was like, Yeah. yeah. And then, like, she kind of got with this other dude, and I asked her if she was, and she was like, well, I guess. And then, like, that was a whole big thing, because then, like, later I was like, you said you were with him. She's like, I said, I guess. That doesn't count. And I was like, yes, it does. <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, but so when she was with that guy, she was, you know, she was taken, and it was right when I was, like, really starting to write songs. I was feeling, like, a big thing, and I was like just had these lyrics in this song and I wrote it. And I remember, I remember I like took my guitar to school. This was like sophomore, junior year. And like oh. I bring it and I was like, Hey, like I wrote this song and she's like, okay. And like, it's her and her friend and like, I'm playing it and I'm like singing my heart out. And like, I mean, looking crying, back, crying was it good? Was like it not tear good? Coming down? I don't know. But I, I like to think in my memory, if, if it serves me well, I think it was at least decent. Not, okay. like, not, not like nails on a chalkboard, at least. Do you remember the words? The riff? Uh, I remember. Could you play it now if, you, if I wanted you to? Uh, kind of. But okay. like, I, I don't know about a whole thing. Right. But some of it, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> but like... Uh, I actually remember the first verse a little bit. Ooh. Yeah, that's it's wild. Anyways, we, fin- <laughs> we finished the song and she was like, oh, that was cool. And like she walked off. Womp womp. And like, <laughs> but, her, but her friend was like, like almost in tears and was like, that was a really good song. Like, thanks. And I was like, thanks. And like her friend was cute too. And like, if I was smart, I would have just gone after the friend. I was about to say, that's when the focus shifted. No, it didn't because no? I was just um, one of those guys. But, okay, but my drive was like, I was like, I need to just make more music, man. And like, I just started right. And like, uh, I don't know. I started doing open mics and then like all this other stuff. And then I met this guy, Anthony Ayala, who uh, he does uh, the Hammers Inc. Uh, Floyd tribute now. Okay. Amazing guitarist, amazing singer. Um, 
and he was like my guitar and like singer songwriter guru for so long. And, uh, he was like helping me like just learn how to sing better and play better and like have better performance and like how to pick covers and like how to write songs. And like, I was like, cool, cool. And I started doing stuff like that. And then I started kind of just playing more and getting into it. And then I started joining a few bands or like making a few bands. And, um, I remember one of them was with uh, was was Nolden, Jonathan Nolden. Uh, oh, my oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. about this. Yes. Yeah, it was called the Ruse, which was right emphasis, wrong syllable. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were like this pop punk indie band type thing, and before indie was even existed, like that's what it would have been right. today. And um, yeah, we had some songs and we were grooving, and like it was cool. And then I was like, I don't really know if I like singing. And then my boy Jordan uh, Harmon, who was kind of the one of the first bassists for Porson Hill as well. No, uh, he, although he, now he he does sound design for games like uh, Apex Apex Legends. Oh, yeah, shout oh. out Jordan Harmon. Yeah, he's living his All dream right. doing that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, man. So he started singing with us and doing stuff, and then like. That band just broke up. It just wasn't what it was. I was like, all right. So then I started doing stuff with uh, my homegirl, Stevie, who uh, she – I actually have a show. I'm supposed to play with her February 8th and do some covers and stuff. No. Um, she was kind of a vocal coach for me as well. Like she was – she's an amazing voice. Stevie Rorman, like she's just crazy pipes. Um, and we were kind of doing this thing and then that fell through and then there was this other band that fell through. Um, and then there was this band in Whittier because I started doing open mics out there. Okay. Um, in the Uptown? Yeah, Uptown Whittier. Okay. It was Z the something. I forget what it was called. Owner was a dude named Kyle. Awesome guy. He passed from cancer like oh. like 10, not even 10 years ago. 19? No. Five, six years ago. It was really sad. Anyways, met a lot of people there. Um Really started getting into my musical groove. Started getting into electric guitar. Now, up until that point, like I, I had been busking a lot. So, like I'd been playing my guitar with my case open, just yeah. Very busking place. for people who don't know, it's uh, it's basically like on the streets or in anywhere that can support a guitar being played. <coughs> oh no! Wrong hole. Oh. <coughs> <coughs> Is that a wrong definition of busking? I don't, no, it was right. <laughs> I just went down the wrong hole. All right. <laughs> Hashtag, thought, that's what oh, she said. I thought I knew what it meant, but I guess I don't. <laughs> no, I just went all kinds oh. of down my air pipe. Oh. Um, so, yeah. bu- so busking for people who don't know what it is. Yeah, busking for people who don't know what it is. It's playing your guitar for tips anywhere. Um, you know, movie theaters, coffee shops, whatever. If you're not inside and it's, you know, whatever. Um. So I was doing that in front of the Rouse over in Ontario. Which, which by the way, I, I I would support that more than anything anything else as far as people asking for money. If I hear music, and like nine times out of ten, I'll give them money more than I give anybody else. Oh, and I get I, I got that a lot. A lot of people are like, you know, I'm glad you're out here doing something, man. Like, you know, some people just beg for it and you're you're out here doing something. I was like, Cool. Yeah. And in my head I'm like, Well, I've also privileged and blessed enough to have had to have been around this and being able to learn this and like yeah develop this and like that was crazy cuz like I would be doing 8 hour days like I was I was making money I remember I had a job at like Vans it was huh. a part time and I was making more money busking so I ended up getting <laughs> fired from Vans yeah I bought a car I was uh, I was paying bills for a while like just doing it like it was good money man and of course I filed my taxes <clears throat> 
Uh, <laughs> obviously. Obviously. Goes, goes without saying. The, yeah, there's I mean, no reason I'm to audit that. Up, no weird. reason to audit that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was doing all that up until I became an EMT, really. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was a journey. That was that was weird. Was so, really weird. so at what point do you hook up with Natalie? So at Wildfire or whatever. That's fine. Big Daddy. Wild Sunny Big Daddy Natty. <laughs> yeah. Where did, you, where did you find your Big Daddy? Um, I found my Big Daddy. Uh, <laughs> big Daddy. Big Daddy. Uh, <laughs> it was in 2013. Mm-hmm. So I'd have been 23. So I was already EMTing. It was back in 220. Honestly, we met in college, though, in 2008. We did. We did. It was like the end of 08. It was the end of 08. And like, and, oh, and that was hilarious because that was pre-Ruse. That was right before the Ruse. Okay. Because that's where I met Nolden as well. And what had happened was um, <laughs> I was in there. I was playing guitar because it's just what I did. I brought it everywhere. And uh, I remember, you know, Wildfire's over here, like, drumming along with pencils. And I was like, that looks like a real drum beat. And I was like. Are you with pencils? And, and, I don't remember this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my was like, yeah. Like, I drum. And I was like, we should jam. I was like, I got a friend who plays bass. Like, we'll be a band. <laughs> like, I'm like throwing all this. And then they're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> so we tried to start this band. And it was like kickback leviety, man. Because it was kickback music, love music, and like anti-society music, man. <laughs> so like, it was, it was, uh, it lasted about two days. Oh. Two and a half, maybe. Although I, I did have a logo. It was a nice little music oh, note. Right? Yeah, it was an angry music note. Um, yeah. Was that before before emojis? It was like a treble clef with a... Oh, no. I had to like write it and draw it. it was, okay. Yeah. I, I used paint. paint. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, paint was really big oh, that's back quaint. then. Yeah, yeah. Well before the days of Photoshop. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I know that music was horrible. <laughs> by, by today's standards, it was horrible. At the time, it was like, this is good, but not for us. So we went separate ways and stuff. But then in, in 2013, uh, February 20th, uh, is a which is our birthday. I remember, yeah, two two oh, yeah. I'd been doing, been doing a bunch of like original music stuff. Like I'd been releasing albums and just being an acoustic guy. And, yes, and I just started having a company. I remember that also on uh, was it Spotify or something. Or, uh, uh, it's uh, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Yes, Bandcamp. You can find it on Bandcamp. Mister Darnell Cole. Bandcamp. Yeah. Th- those are good, man. I gotta tell you, I enjoyed Thank those. You. Thank you. Uh, yeah. If you want to yeah. take a trip down memory lane, yeah, Mister Darnell Cole. Bandcamp. And uh, I remember. My friend Jimmy was going to drum for me at the House of Blues. And me and Jimmy just had differences. Um, he's a cool guy. I just wasn't trying to be drumming with him. And he was it just wasn't working out. All right. Not a good fit. Not a good fit. Not a, not a good fit. So we, cause we did a show at the House of Blues. And like it was cool, but it was just kind of like, mm, okay, I, I'm going to find a new drummer. And so I was like, yo, yo, big daddy, you still drum? <laughs> And they were like, yeah, 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 I drum. She said, new phone, who this? Yeah, new, new phone, phone, who this? <laughs> and I was like, yo, I that all the time, I was like, yo you want to you wanna be in my band? You want to be my drummer? Like, I'm doing this thing. And they were like, ah, uh, I mean, let's, you know, we can we can jam and fill it out. And I was like, all right, that's fair. All right, cool. I don't know what prompted me to bring my electric. Like, all I don't right. know if it was just, like, the fact that there was drums or the fact that, like, I just hadn't played my electric in a while. But I was like, I'm bringing my electric. Like, I'm. I want to rock. All right. And I'm so glad I did because I like, I started playing the song and like, just sitting there vibing. And then he's like, 
all right, play it again. I was like, all right, cool. And then like the drums came in and they were just like the drums in my head. And it was like that Step Brothers moment. I was like, do we just become a band? It was like, yup. <laughs> do you want to make music in your room? Yup. Like it was crazy. And so like then we were just this band and like we were just rocking out. And we were trying to find a bass player, but like everyone was just kind of not really down like we were down. Like we were like, yeah, we want to do these shows and write songs. And they were like, I just kind of want to do this on the weekend. <laughs> you guys don't do any cover songs. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> And it was like, oh, whatever. So then we're like, we could be a two-piece. White Stripes are two-piece. Black Keys are a two-piece. And it was like, yeah. So we started just doing shows like that. And then, like, people would come out. And they, like, super dug it. Yeah, man. And then we, we had this battle of the bands. And, like, that was wild. Because we, we went to the second round. And it was at the Buffalo Inn in Upland. Off Foothill. Right. I don't know if, you know if it's still there. It's but something else now, I believe. Yeah. But, like, we had, like, a hundred-something people come out. Like there was a bra thrown on stage, which was half planned. I, I heard it was going to happen. I didn't know if it was going to, but it did. Do you remember his name? Who threw it on? Her name. It oh. wasn't. It, was, it, it wasn't her who threw oh, it. Oh, I see. But I think it was a dirty bra. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of that's fun. Um, but no, we had people sing along to both our originals and like the one cover we did, and then we got an encore. No. Like we're it the was, only band to get an encore. We're that the night, only band to get an encore that night, and we still lost because these two girls were cute and like banging oh, the judges. That's some so you know, that is what it is. They were so. And they were stuck up, and like just it was just oh, I was so angry, so angry. But um, so then after that, uh, by the way, uh, when is their next tour to the UK? That band that oh, DJ you mean the band that doesn't exist anymore? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say though, um, they got they uh, there was two winners that night. There and were. The other winner, which I believe were first place, was our good friends the Cams, and they definitely deserved to yeah. win because they're. Not only because they're friends of ours, but they're really, really talented. They were like, super talented. All of them. Yeah. And in so. fact, uh, Jose and Julian, if I got his name right, I really hope I did. Sorry if I didn't. The bass player. Uh, Fabian. Fabian, I think it Fabian. is. Fabian. Fabian. To be fair, I told him to say Julian beforehand, and it was. It was yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're in a band now called Twin Seas. Make sure you check them out. Oh. And they, they rock out and they do cool stuff. And the singer, Chris Saul. Uh, Saul Lamelli is doing her own single stuff as well, so make sure you check her stuff out as well. Uh, and then the drummer, she was doing a lot of projects. So I don't was, know what she's doing now. I haven't now. heard from her in a while. It might be because, like you know, how social media has the algorithms. Mm, I might not be just yeah. seeing her posts, but yeah, drummer yeah. Mel. Whatever you're doing out she there, she also plays bass and she gets and bass. Yeah, whatever you're doing out there, we wish you well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and so we got approached by uh, Acropolis Records, who then turned us on and over to Riot Records, who we were signed to for a while. That didn't work out um, because, and I will say this on air, Riot Records was garbage. Oh, all right. Like, just period. We made that that Jesse was cool. He was a great guy. He was a cool mixer. Uh, Nate is... Yeah, he's just not a good dude, and like he just like was very swindly and very just. Oh, I'm gonna cut you this deal, man! It's gonna be super cool, man! And like we're gonna save all this money, and I'm just like, 
excuse me? Like, and, and then it ended up being like, that's like a normal price for booking like studio time for one. And then it was like, yeah, we're going to support you guys, man. We're going to be out there, man. We're going to help push you guys as much as, and it's like, Hey, like, why are we the only ones pushing and doing stuff? And then it was like, well, our other bands pay us to come out there and do that. I'm like, so bands that are on your roster that you make money off, mm. if they succeed, pay you to go out there and support them. Like I was like, nah, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> so yeah, no, I have no problem saying that. They might have changed. People change. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Maybe doubt now it. he's fantastic, but yeah. I also doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 2020. I'm just in the mood of I don't care. So right. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. It's a general feel. I think of society. Yeah. No. Like it's just absolutely just. And it's funny because like there's bands that I've seen that are like, oh man, we're doing stuff with Ryan Records, and I'm like, I really hope you don't get screwed over. Yeah. And then nine times out of ten they do, and then they're like, oh man. I've heard that so many from people, so many, so many, so many times from people uh, that they think getting a record label is going to be like there's salvation, and ends up being like a downfall almost. Because yeah. they're stuck into a certain kind of rut it of depends. doing what they want exactly, and it's not their sound anymore. It depends a lot on both the artist and the label, right? Because okay. like, it's not like, oh, small labels are bad. Like, no, there's some small labels that are really good, like Burger Records and stuff like that. Um, they might be mid-size. Um, and then, of course, you have like the big labels like Capital. Right. And there's another one that I really want to say, and I cannot remember them to save my Interscope. There we go. All Interscope. Sony. Like, you know, big names. Like, they're cool. And, they're, you know, it's it all depends on that inner artist relations, you know. And, like, there's horror stories from both ends, right? Because, yeah. like, as an A&R, like, you could be signing a band that's like, hey, I'm going to do all this other stuff. And I'm we're going to grind and we're going to be this band. And then as soon as they sign, they're like, oh, we're famous. No, we don't have to do anything. And, like, you know, and then, like, it puts the, the company in a, in a weird spot. Yeah. And then vice versa, there's probably bands that have been signed to who knows what label and they promised the world. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but you're not getting any money. So in today's age, like needing a label, you don't need one. Especially now. No, you know, no way. It's not necessary. But there are situations in which having one does help. Like okay, the backing, the push, like the push to get out there, mm. the connections, like it – it is worth it to get onto a label if you and the label vibe, like if it's a good, you know, if it's mutually beneficial. And I think that's the thing a lot of bands miss out on, like for anything. In, in, in anything in this business, it's relationships, you know. And like I could have a great time at a venue. This other band could have a horrible time at the venue. It doesn't mean that the venue is horrible or that the band is horrible. It just means that they don't mesh for whatever that reason is. And that's kind of how you find your, your, your in. You know? I remember going out to see you guys uh, at a venue – and uh, you guys were coming up maybe third or fourth. And I got there and I, I heard the other bands and I was like, ugh, this is not sounding good. Maybe the stage is wrong. Maybe where I'm sitting is wrong. And then you guys get on stage and I was like, oh, no, no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just that, that band sucked. That, that's all it was. It was that band was, was bad. <laughs> Much appreciated. Much appreciated. That happens. I was I was very worried. Like, oh, this is not going to sound good because obviously the acoustics or something something's messed up in this venue. And then you guys got on stage like, oh, okay, no, that's how it's supposed to sound. These guys are just no good. <laughs> and like, it's funny though because like there's shows we've been to where that's happened. We're like, we've seen a band and we're like, oh no, the sound is going to be horrible. And then we go and we check and we're like, actually, maybe they just had it mixed weird. Yeah. 
So, so as as far as uh, you guys making making your sound and putting on your performances, mm-hmm. uh, do you do you think you would benefit from a label, or you guys are good at where you are with with your with your sound? Sound wise, I mean that's tough. Uh, there's definitely things that a label could offer us that would be welcomed, you know. Um, and I think that I ideally would like to work with a label at some point just because I'm, I'm tired of doing the booking. <laughs> I, I'm tired. No, um, no, it'd be cool to work with a label. It'd be cool to collaborate with someone else too. You know, two heads are better than one. And like someone who's like established and knows the industry and, and has, has that platform that can help get you somewhere. Okay. You know what I mean? And help yeah. get your sound out. That'd be great to work with someone. The thing is, is I also know what we do. And not in an arrogant way, like, oh, we're the biggest, baddest band around, you know. But we do pretty well on our own. Yeah. So for a label, like, they've got to at least match what we're doing, you know. And it's like, I'm not giving up the rights to our creative, you know, music. Like, I'm not doing that. You're not going to own our music. It's our music, you know. But, like, there's deals that can be made, you know, obviously. But it would just have it would just have to make sense for both us and the label. Now, uh, comparatively, uh, you're, you're sponsored. You have a uh, vintage guitars. Yes. Behind you, uh, is that how does that compare to a label backing you versus a sponsor having your back? Um, that's the thing. It would depend on the sponsors that you have. So, like for us, it's really helpful when we tour because, like, as far as like for backline and like different instruments and stuff for me and like the bassist as well. Um, it's helpful because whereas a label might get us onto the festival or whatever, let's say vintage guitars can help me get a guitar for that festival or at least a backup and like an amp for that festival and stuff like that. Okay. Stuff that helps keep it going. So at this stage in the, this stage, this stage in the game, having them is, is very, very beneficial and something I very much look like am, am appreciative of and I, I love working with them, them specifically, but then like all of our sponsors that we have, like they're, they're great to work with. Um, having a label would be nice. Again, just because of the platform jump, like there's certain festivals that like they only book from selected labels or like they only book when it's submitted from a certain peoples, mm-hmm. especially for like bigger slots. So, like, that's kind of one of the only ways to get in, quote-unquote. So it would be nice to be on a label for those reasons as well. But it's not necessary. So, okay. Yeah, I think especially in this day and age with uh, all the platforms that get your music out. Oh, yeah. It's not as necessary. I, I guess I can see the appeal of larger audience from, from a label, but... Uh. I don't know. I, I guess I enjoy the idea of you're putting out exactly what you want to put out at a constant basis and getting the support from people. It, it seems nice to me. But then again, uh, I'm not getting paid. Uh, what <laughs> yeah. you guys are getting paid. So, Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing too. We're, 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 we're not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we do all right. But like, that's the thing too. Like, With a label comes bargaining power for a lot of the venues and things like that comes a lot of financial backing and like that stuff is priceless. Right. You know, doing it on your own, sometimes it gets hard because yeah, you can release on your own and on your time. If you have the money to do it, if you have the resources to do it, you know, which sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but 
with a label, at least usually that's kind of stuff that's covered in one way or another. Right. You know. Okay. So it, it, it balances out. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Nat. Uh, this is this has been great. Uh, wildfire. Sorry. Very good. Uh, <laughs> And we're gonna have you back on uh, soon. We, there's so much more to talk about, uh, and this, is, this has been this has been nice. I appreciate you coming on. No, it's, hey, thanks it's been for a having pleasure me. getting to know you guys. Uh, see you guys are both friends, and I take that as a, a pride of point, a pride of point, a point of pride for myself that I can call you guys my friends because I know you guys are very talented, and I love bragging about you guys. Like we're said, not we're not friends though, Adam. No, we're family. I promise I wouldn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I brag about you guys all the time. Any chance I have to play you guys to the people, and I, I've brought people from all aspects of my life to, to your shows because I believe in you guys so much. I and appreciate They that. come and they see it and they're like, oh my God. And they're very excited about it, and they're very upset when you're away from around to Dude, I appreciate you even wearing this shirt tonight. Oh, like, it is perfect. Yeah, yeah. I had a costume change just for this. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I appreciate it, man. No. For real. But much love. Love you guys. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, man. Love you too, Brandon. Yeah.